Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Gerald Borgay, and Espo. Gentlemen, how you feeling? Have you kind of washed away the sins of last night, or do we need to have a few more discussions about it? I feel like we're in the movie Pleasantville, where you guys all haven't transitioned to color, and I'm in full <laughs> color here. This is a, a bizarre <laughs> color matchup today on the program, wearing a bright blue and yellow jersey for the audio listeners, and they're all wearing black and gray and... Well, I, I have know. brown. That's I'm more brown. color than all, normal. All muted colors. So. I did not get the memo on the super bright jersey today. I, same. I don't ever wear super bright anything, so I feel like you can always count me out on that. I thought I thought this would be warm, and then I forgot hockey jerseys have those little pinholes, and then I freeze my ass <laughs> off this morning taking my daughter to school. Everyone's asking why you're wearing a Warriors jersey. It's not. It's a Phoenix Roadrunners jersey. Come on, people. <laughs> It looks like a Warriors jersey. I got to educate everybody. (laughs) I think there's a few things that we should still bring up from last night. Um, A couple things on the show that we talked about, a couple things that we want to dive a little bit deeper in. Obviously, the Suns fell to the heat 113 to 112. So I know there was something specific that you wanted to discuss. Yeah, you know, last night I was kind of hard on DA at the end of the game. Um, I felt like he got a rebound uh, that he – I felt like he was close enough to the basket to be able to at least take a peek. Um, and it just kind of led into the whole Mikhail and DA not stepping up and 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 de- constantly deferring to Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Well, here's a picture of the of that of that exact uh, rebound. Listen, he's not as close to the rim as I thought maybe he was. He's surrounded by three guys, and if you know, two of those three are big time floppers, and Bam Abadeo and <laughs> and uh, and Kyle Lowry. Um, so like. I, I understand the the more egregious thing, and this is something we talked about before we got on the camera. Uh, please leave that up there for a second, there, Emma. Um, is that Mikhail Bridges literally starts inside the three point line and starts to back up, and, and you think he's he's getting positioned to take a wide open shot because it is a wide open shot. Um, subsequently, Da kicks the ball out to him, and my problem with this is is that I was bagging on the wrong guy last night. It was D.A. took a brunt of this. He did not deserve that. I'm sorry, D.A., if you ever listen to this. I apologize. (laughs) You did right here. Mikael Bridges, on the other hand, 
an egregious error. It's okay if he doesn't end up taking the shot. But the, you know, like, I, I don't know if, Gerald, if you want to jump in here on this one for Mikhail because we talked about this before. Yeah, you know, he gets the ball outside the three-point line when DA kicks it out to him, and I think that's Struess that goes and closes out mm -hmm. on him. And Mikhail catches the ball, and he doesn't even think or contemplate about putting up a shot. He just gives it right back to Devin Booker. And, and I get with, like, you know, because by the time that happened, there's about 10 seconds left. I get wanting to give the ball to your best player, give him another go. But he was wide open from three, and even if he didn't take the three, he was one pump fake away from Struess flying by him and driving to the basket. And all night we saw him attack off the dribble. We saw him get to his spots in the mid-range. He had a couple of nice post-ups that led to mid-range jumpers, and that same aggressive aggression wasn't there. Again, I get getting the ball to book in that scenario. He was the one that was cooking all night. But if you're Mikael Bridges and you're a f basically a 50% three-point shooter this season, that shot has to go up without thinking about it, or you have to pump fake, drive, and get to the basket, especially on a night where you only have four free-throw attempts. Like This was an easy situation where you could have pulled up for a mid-range shot or drawn in the defense because you see Butler's in position to help. That would have freed up Booker for a top-of-the-key yeah. three, too. So. It's, it's just a tough scenario there. We talked about how D.A. and Mikael Bridges only got one field goal attempt in the fourth quarter, and it's not a matter of how the Suns were playing as much as we were talking about campaign taking a lot of shots. Some of it is plays just like this where they need to be more aggressive. And this know? is a part of like the growing process that we've been talking about is not deferring all the time, especially in close games towards the end of the game when you're in a great position to take a shot. Or like you said, drive to the basket. This is a lesson that Mikel needs to learn. DA needs to learn it as well in certain situations. But for this one specifically, I, I, you got to look at Mikel and be like, Mikel, in this type of a situation, because you're going to find yourself in this situation again mm -hmm. throughout the season, you need to do the exact opposite of what you did. You need to take the shot. You need to believe in yourself and have the confidence that you can show up in the clutch it, just like Devin and CP3 can. It was very helter-skelter. I understand that. Um, a lot of things are moving very, very fast. But again, if you, the, the other egregious thing is, yes, there was multiple opportunities for Monty to be able to reset everything and say, okay, we don't have, we don't have a good plan right now. Um, we need to make sure that we, we kind of variate this um, and, and come up with a good executable play at the end of this game as opposed to what essentially, I mean, you put the ball in Devin Booker's hands, so not, it's not egregious, mm -hmm. but you know, after that block, Probably a good idea to call a timeout. You have four and a half seconds left to go on the clock, um, but it didn't happen. Well, the other thing, if McHale takes that shot and misses, at worst, you foul Miami and you still have a chance mm -hmm. to get get a shot to tie the game if they make both free throws because you have a timeout in that situation. So there's nothing to lose by McHale taking that that wide-open shot, and those are, those are teachable moments. That is what Monty should be working on today in film. Right. And when you're when you're down, there needs to be a change in mentality because I think part of the reason he kicked that ball out is there was still time on the clock and they wanted to save for the last shot. If you're down, you need to score however quickly you can score and trust your second-ranked defense to get a stop if you score and put yourselves ahead and still give them time to answer. Like, you shouldn't be saving for the last shot if you're down in that scenario. Yeah, again, I just... I said it last night. This is a teaching moment overall. I think... Again, I think I think D.A. and Mikkel are going to learn uh, and possibly the hard way that they got to stop deferring um, in, in moments when they have the better play. 
Mm. Like that. Listen, at every single level of basketball that I've ever played at, it didn't matter if this guy over here was a 30% shooter from three and this guy was a 50% shooter from three. If this guy's getting double teamed and he's wide open, he's got the better shot. So statistically speaking, he's going to have a higher percentage of his make possible. That's what Mikhail had. I don't give a fuck about what Devin Booker has done. Yes, he's clutch. He's been awesome. Fantastic. However, a wide open shot is still a wide open shot, and you got to take those wide open shots when they come about. Um, and in that, in, in for that, like, again, I was wrong on DA. Thought he had a more wide open shot than it appeared, um, and I was wrong about that. But Mikhail has no excuse. Shameless plug. Check out both their Twitters. They had amazing breakdowns on different plays from the game. Uh, I wanted to give you guys a shout-out because I actually saw the game differently because of the way you guys broke those down. So okay. check them out. They're worth it. At Saul underscore Bookman at Gerald Borgay. Uh, Andy in the chat says, three of our five losses have come from dumb clutch decisions with no timeout called and hero ball antics. It's okay to teach, but how many times they got to learn the lesson? That's the big question. Everyone's different. <laughs> Who knows how long it's going to take? Because Sundarist Dungs also mentioned Mikel looking really hesitant and a little scared, if you will, during that Portland game, uh, late in that game as well, regardless, he said, regardless of what the L2M report said, because obviously he was called for a travel, but then they came back and said he didn't. Mm -hmm. But that's the big question is, is you can't put a number on these things. It's just got to click at some point for these guys. And the hope is that it clicks sooner rather than later. But sometimes it just takes that one thing to make it go, oh, duh. Right. And Mikhail and DA, to be fair, last year when the Suns were one of the most dominant clutch teams we've ever seen, they were really good. But that was in accompanying roles with Devin Booker and Chris Paul both there to kind of bear the brunt of that burden. Now they're guys that we're going to need to call upon to rise up to that same kind of level, especially for as long as Chris Paul's out. Yeah, the stage is theirs. and. Mm -hmm. they, Either need to step up or James Jones is going to have to find somebody who can. Sunders Duck says, will they get it? Yeah, that's uh, the next question. Uh, you're paying $230 million between these two guys. They better fucking get it at, at some point. Listen, there's going to be a couple more um, learning lessons as we go through this season. I guarantee you there's going to be some other close games. And I have a feeling that one of these two is going to be put back in this situation one more time before we get to the end of the year. And I, the more and more you just kind of reemphasize these things – these two haven't really been in that situation very, very much in terms of being relied to come through in the clutch. And really, only one of them has really come through in the clutch. And it was about as easy a play as you could hope for. Very well executed. Again, the 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 Valley Oop, um, where DA all basically all he just had to drop the ball down the rim, right? Mm -hmm. But that was uh, that was a very high executed play, right? Mm -hmm. Um, again, maybe they, that's why they called timeouts. Um. These guys have to go through these these growing pains because at at no level, even when when Bridges was at Villanova, he had other dudes around him at Villanova to where he wasn't the guy. Um, and Da was the guy at U of A, but it was never in any really clutch situations. Never had to you know pull the team from behind, or he never had to hit a game winning basket. Like every t basically every win that they had at U of A while he was there, they were basically bro blowouts or six to eight to ten point games. So. It, it it's a process, and they'll get through it. I'm not worried about this. This actually made me feel pretty good, mm -hmm. um, considering how they played against the Orlando Magic, which was to me was a far more egregious game. Should never have happened in the first place. You got to show up and play these games. There was a lot of factors that went into that, 
But for this Miami game, I feel pretty good about where the Suns are at and how they're going to execute down the stretch in future games. Right. You're, you're playing shorthanded, and that was yeah. my biggest takeaway is, like, we're, we're talking about how they copped up a lead, and, yeah, that was bad. But, you know, you're missing Chris Paul. You're missing Cam Johnson. Jay Crowder hasn't been here all season. There's a lot of adjusting going on, and I'm okay if they're going to lose games like that. That can be learning experiences as opposed to, like Saul was saying, the Orlando game where the biggest takeaway was, wow, they just didn't really show up, and they shot like shit. That wasn't fun. Yeah. Well, Captain said this L hurt worse due to the the magic L. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think so. Um, but the, like you said, the magic one was way worse. But perspective from, from an overall perspective. But perspective, right? We could sit here and we're like, oh, we're eight and five. This is terrible. We should have definitely be. We should definitely have a better record. Uh, the the best team in the West has four losses. Like it's mm-hmm. it, it's. The West is wide open this year. I think one through eight all have four or five losses, and that's it. Yeah, it's really crazy. So, plenty of ball game left to play. Yes, the defending champs haven't won a game on the road yet. Yeah, they're all in seven. So, yeah, hopefully, only after tomorrow. Yeah, and that's the importance of the regular season. Like, I we're not going to dive into this conversation, but that is something to remember: is that as we continue along this season for the Suns, I know the goal is the playoffs and looking ahead to that, but. This is part of the journey. If we don't go through this, if we don't learn these lessons, come playoff time, we're going to be in a worse spot than we were last year, and that's not something that we want to deal. So, And top four still matters. That's, yeah. Uh, that's important. All right. So last night on the show, in addition to this conversation, uh, there was someone in the chat that unknowingly opened Pandora's box by calling the Suns <laughs> a small market team, <laughs> which got all of us in our feelings in very different ways, very surprisingly different. enough. <laughs> Here's a quick little flashback of that case. Yeah, there's 30 NBA Math, teams. Gerald, Matt, your NBA best friend. Teams. It's not small. I'm not going to say it's small, but 11 out of 30 is not Gerald, big. it's top. It's not even top it's 10. It's in the top third of the league. Okay, Gerald, listen. That's not math. He just said. <laughs> 10 out of 30 is not top 10. Gonna, he just said I'm not going to say he it's small. But I'm also going to say it's not big. It's not math. <laughs> Dear God, you guys. Look, I'm going I'm to change back to what Thank he God, was saying. Thank God this is not a math podcast. I'm going to go back to what Saul was saying because we he... We all suck. I don't. <laughs> I know you how to do fucking fractions. You disagreed with 11 out of 210 uh, not being small. Because there's 30 <laughs> NBA teams. There's not You're 210. <laughs> I know how to do math. Oh my I'm God. sorry. I was one off of it being top third. I apologize. That's how the math works. <laughs> I love how angry math made you, Gerald. <laughs> and I love how angry small market made you, Espo. So here's the deal. I feel like we should dive deeper into this conversation. Oh, this is definitely a UFC battle right now. For me, I'm just <laughs> going to say like... out of the blue corner! When, when the topic of conversation around like the size of the market, I'm not basing it off of TV market, right? Because I know that's an actual metric that is measured. Mm-hmm. I'm basing it off of NBA teams... Their cities, how much revenue they bring in, the viewership they have, the following they have, the influence they have. That's how I was measuring my ranking of teams. And when it comes to the market size, size does not matter. And Espo is going to probably illustrate that better than any of Uh us. Let me make this very clear. (laughs) I I took offense last night, Gerald. Okay. uh, Because you act like you're the math king, as if you own concept of mathmication all right don't i just know fractions you, you just you just act like you you know it all mm-hmm. in ter- like you're a math professor okay well i i'm gonna take you to school today all right let's do it because i came up 
with an entire ranking system for all 30 NBA teams oh. for the all-time franchise rankings, all right? Okay. All and right. I put some damn work into this. There's a spreadsheet involved, some equations, a <laughs> lot to research. That's how angry you got me last <laughs> night. I actually did work today. That all damn, right? I should get him that's, angry that's more that's often. That's how angry. <laughs> so, Emma, can we throw up my, my – no, 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 let's throw up the first the, the first one. My, my franchise ranking – this is the the magic formula here. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. Okay. TV market size, mm -hmm. all-time win percentage, last three seasons win percentage, number of Hall of Famers, conference finals appearances, finals appearances, titles, and franchise value according to Forbes. Those are the mm -hmm. eight metrics. Okay. I went through. I researched all of them. Mm -hmm. I ranked each category. Then I took the average ranking of each of those eight ones with the exception of toronto they don't count as a tv market size because they're outside the country so they were out of seven categories you take the average you rank everybody and here are how i rank my t my top uh, all 30 teams not top okay all 30 teams okay. and guess what the phoenix suns are number seven oh. not a small market mm. top third in the nba top 10 as i said it goes lakers celtics warriors 76ers knicks Bulls, your Phoenix Suns, the Heat, Mavericks, Bucks, Nets, Rockets, Spurs, Jazz, Nuggets, Clippers, Blazers, Wizards, Pistons, all these teams suck, Raptors, Kings, Thunder, Cavaliers, Pacers, Magic, awesome Hornets, for the audio Grizzlies, right <laughs> Timberwolves, and Pelicans. <sighs> Right. I... Yeah, that's called math. So suck Okay, it. but do you have the numbers for all yes. of these different things? Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell would you, us. Would you like to hear? Yeah, let's yes. hear where the Suns rank. In, in terms of mark TV market, mm -hmm. the Phoenix Suns ranked, where am I here? 13th. In terms of all-time win percentage, they were 5th. Mm -hmm. Last three seasons win percentage, they were 1st. Mm -hmm. Number of Hall of Famers, they ranked uh, 15th out of the league. Finals appearance or conference finals appearances, they were fifth in the league. Finals appearances, they were tenth, and then franchise value, they were eighteenth. Okay, championships. Well, at zero. We, <laughs> well, but, bottom, but, bottom. So in title rank, I just wanted to, you know, yeah, just twist the knife a little bit. I oh, understand. God. We, we got to say uh, they, so. They they ranked eighth in championships because. Of how you rank it and just okay. Of guys, I want to know: Did you take all of those um, categories? Right, that's what you were using to make this ranking. Mm -hmm. Did you do the calculations for every single team based mm -hmm. on all those numbers? Mm -hmm. And there's a whole and literally numbers wise, teams. the Suns came in mm -hmm. seventh yes. or eighth. Mm -hmm. Which one was seventh. it? Seventh. 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 Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow, Espo. And there's <laughs> I'm I, I impressed. Got, got all the math right here. The average. Uh, rank where they ranked based based on math. So, okay, yeah. Gerald, you can't you can't argue with that. That's factual. Okay, I can, how did though. you? How were they I measured can. though? Did, because now you, Gerald's you, just because, gonna argue to argue because right. you selected categories that are important to you. You have finals appearances and conference finals appearances in there, and like it's not weighted in any way. That's what I was gonna ask. How There's are they also weighted? Like now yeah. you want weight. So, they're so, also no, no. the fact so, that so, they're so, so here, here's, pull up the graphic so the real quick. Because just, they no, no, no. There's no way to quantify these numbers that you brought up. So, <laughs> so like the Heat, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. The Heat have three championships? Yeah, so the Four. championship has like, to the championship more definitely weighs more than your three finals appearances. Yeah. It has to. Like there's, 
there's no argument for that. Like you, you, you can't put the heat be- below the suns. Like the heat are better, are are a higher tier than the suns. You can you can hate all you want. I'm, I'm not, not hating. hating. When you I'm look just... at that, I mean, there's no glare. It wasn't like all of a sudden no. Charlotte was top four in the NBA. No, I get it. I think your your the way that you evaluated this is useful for evaluating how are they. <laughs> They're like, Cheryl doesn't like it. Do your own math. I don't have to because I know how big the markets are. That was the whole point. This is an evaluation for like how much worth a franchise has, not money monetary wise, but how like prestigious or how well a franchise has done all around. Because a lot of these things like ranking the last three seasons, of course, that's going to skew the numbers because the Suns rank first because okay. they've been on a tear. But do that the, doesn't mean that they're the suddenly, that doesn't right. mean they're suddenly inherently more <laughs> a bigger market than what, the what Miami the Heat. What's the list back up? Okay. Who do, you, who do you find egregious in here? I don't think it's egregious, yeah, but it's I not, definitely would say that, that like Saul's point, the Heat and even the Nets, I feel like would be above I mean, the Suns. I mean, the Nets, the Spurs, the Nets who sucked ass for most of their existence. But we're talking about market, not I the franchise. I also think that when you, I know that the, the valuation of a team has to, I think it has to be weighted a little bit higher than some of these other things as well, because you don't think that when they're coming up with these numbers, they're doing all of these same type of metrics based on that so stuff. Subjective. The Suns are going to sell for the most but the any Suns, NBA franchise. If the Suns for. and the Lakers were up for sale at the exact same time, you're not going to tell me the Lakers wouldn't bring in well, more that, than the Suns. Yeah, but that graphic wouldn't tell you that either. No. Like, but the thing is, the Lakers aren't for sale. The Suns are, and they're going to sell for the most a franchise has ever sold for. Value <laughs> is is all about is all subjective in terms of the, the cash, who's available at the time, what the economy looks like. All those things. Right. And so, I, I, I get your larger point that like this franchise is worth more than people give it credit for and that it should have the reputation of a major market. But I, I thought the original conversation was just market size because they were called a small market. I don't okay. think they're a small market, but I don't think again, my original point was there's a gap between a big market like Phoenix and like L.A., New York, Chicago, like those are. San Fran, like those are still the heavy hitters and there's a big gap between them and even a big market like Phoenix. You want to talk market size? I'm actually doing okay. uh, re reordering here uh, for you on the fly. Uh, the Nick, Okay, so the Suns have a television market size of 2.158 million, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the small market, I mean, there's, there's 17 other teams that range from 1.8 million <laughs> all the way down to 620,000 right. in their TV market size. Mm-hmm. So anybody that calls Phoenix a small television market right. has their head up their yes, ass. Yes, they're absolutely right. wrong from that perspective. <laughs> and I think the thing we have to remember too is that Gerald and I are not agreeing with uh, the comments that Phoenix is a small market. Right. We absolutely do not you agree said with this that. this team was mid yesterday. I said it's mid-team. a mid-market no, no, no. mid-level you said market. the Phoenix Suns are mid. <laughs> no, you said you called us mid. mid. <laughs> then you said I was mid. No, I you said I'm I mid. <laughs> this is a rewriting. Way, we got to check I think the tape. it's fair to say the Suns are somewhere between 8 and 13. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I'll go with that. Are you comfortable with so, that, Espo? Is so that okay? By definition, they're not mid. Then <sighs> they could be. You know they, if they fall eight or the eight, nine, ten, yes. 
So now you can see Farrowwealth, the definition of mid. They're 16th otherwise. So, oh. oh, man. Um, oh, my goodness. Number, all I know, number one in our hearts, debatable sure. market. Yes. Uh, also, I do want to go back. Uh, Hey.Zero earlier in the chat. Uh, said something that I feel like is even more egregious than anything anybody said. It said, Phoenix is not really a destination for players, Espo. Stop be being biased. Uh, and then Phoenix is not a go-to market. Um, if you take out the server factor, which now you can, because that will change, um, and you look at the history of the Phoenix Suns, uh, like they have been a destination. Mm -hmm. They brought in big time players. Like you might have forgot that Jason Kidd and Penny Hardaway and uh, Steve Nash all came here. Uh, Jason Kidd was a trade, but Danny uh, Manning, who was in the prime of his prime career, of his career came like for a one million dollar deal because he wanted to be. Here, yep, so. a lot of guys wanted to come and play in Phoenix because it is that great of a city. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in the future that will also be the case. Like Phoenix is a great place to live, whether you want to admit it or not. It's mm -hmm. just true. Like guys love to come here. And so that's why a lot of the guys that do come here, they end up buying a house and staying here. Charles Barkley, freaking uh, 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 Dan Marley, like Tom Chambers, like all these guys. Eddie Johnson, who's from Illinois, has no business <coughs> staying here. He went to Seattle and came back because mm -hmm. he loved it so much here. Like, so like you got to stop with this. Isn't it? It isn't a destination. If you have the right organization, the city takes care of itself. Right. And they just Chris Paul wanted to come here. Kevin Durant wanted to come here in the recent like past. So this is a trend that especially now that Sarver is selling, we should see continue to go in the right direction because the Suns are one of the most competitive teams. They have a likable star and core and Monty Williams and all of that stuff. So like it's going to go in the right direction. So what you and Lindsay are saying is it's the fans that are the problem. Again, you're, you're confusing <laughs> franchise value with market size, which was the original conversation. At this moment. You are. You're to be a brat. Saul's never been prouder of me. I'm just here to watch the world burn. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you guys think we are living in a fantasy world, maybe it's because we've been hanging out on underdog fantasy a little too much lately. Having a blast over there. Underdog fantasy is the coolest app because it is the best way to enjoy fantasy sports but also be able to make a whole lot of cash at the same time. Uh, it does fantasy kind of different, right? So you can go against your team. Like you can get five of your friends together. You guys can all pick higher or lower things. You can do the highest scoring squad for that night and you can put mm -hmm. some money on it. So it's like got drafting things in it, right? And it's all positionless. So you can just draft six random players and whichever one of you guys has the most points at the end of the night, ends up making the most money. It's a lot of fun. It's fun with groups of people. It's fun on your own. We just put the link in the chat. It's also in the description of the show notes. You should definitely check it out if you have not already. We also have a fantasy show here at PHNX that can help you out along your journey, getting started on the app and making a lot of money on the app as well. It's really easy to get started. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app on your mobile device, but make sure you sign up with that code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Also, speaking of a lot of fun, mm -hmm. Four Peaks Brewery is a heck of a lot of fun, but it's even more fun when PHNX gets involved and we have a whole bunch of really cool sports to watch. So we are teaming up with our friends at PHNX to host all U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches at their 8th Street Pub. You can check the link uh, to register. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have specials like beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances. You can get $3 kilt lifter and wow wheat pints. 
Um, I also think there's a breakfast buffet one of these days too, right? I think it's the, is that the first game or is that the second? Yeah, November 22nd. Yeah. On Tuesday, November 22nd, yeah. there's uh, an 8 a.m. breakfast buffet. So it'll be a heck of a lot of fun. Make sure you check the description for that link to sign up to join us out at Four Peaks today. Okay. <laughs> Y'all ready for the real chaos? The real chaos B, that is, is. Yeah. Trade Machine Tuesday. Let's go. Fire it up, Emma. <laughs> Train Machine Tuesday. Train Machine Tuesday. Train Machine Tuesday. Like we never left, baby. Well, we're I always feel do... like the, the, the baby's going to... Just start a little, do a little, a little dance. But she never does. Um, this Trade Machine Tuesday, we're going to recap a few of the trade rumors and potential deals that have kind of been floated around or have been linked to the Suns here recently. I know we've talked about a few of these before on different shows, but I felt like we needed to kind of put a bow on everything just because there was so much going on at the same time, especially when Cam Johnson got hurt. This kind of all brought um, to the surface again. So let's start with Max Struess, right? So of the Miami Heat, obviously we saw him last night. Real GM reported that the Suns have recently started to engage with teams again about Jay Crowder, and one of those teams was the Miami Heat. And the article said that some people within the Suns organization are saying that Max Struess is an integral part of a deal that would uh, send Jay to Miami. So we cooked up a few options. First up, The Suns would receive Victor Oladipo and Max Struess, and the Heat would receive Jay Crowder and a 2023 first-round pick. Right, and we talked about this on the pregame show, um, but we wanted to rehash it here. I personally don't see why the Heat would do that. Like, Struess has only started, I think, half of their games, um, but he's been really good for them. He dropped 31 over the weekend. Um, I know that they like Jay Crowder, but, you know, a first round pick in the 25 to 30 range doesn't really give them much ex- incentive to get rid of Struess and Oladipo unless like Oladipo, they knew he was going to be injured, in which case he doesn't really do much for the Suns other than match salary there. And unless Miami has their eyes on something bigger and they think they need first round picks mm-hmm. to make some kind of deal. Uh, at the deadline, I tend to agree. But based on the way Max Struess played last night, it felt like Pat Riley went to him and went, play really shitty so the Suns no longer would like you in a trade. <laughs> because he totally disappeared after his 31-point game uh, the, the couple nights before uh, and had a pretty off night against the Suns last night. But, uh, yeah, Victor Oladipo is a, a name that Suns fans have always had a little bit of fascination with. And I don't know why. But I think you're right. I he was think, good. I think you're right, was. though, in terms of <laughs> if – the only way you do that is if he's if he's hurt and he won't be helping uh, Miami at all, and then the Suns really want Struess at that point. I mean, you know who else is really good a couple years – several years ago? I can't mm. even say a couple. I have to say several. Who? Russell Westbrook. Oh, boy. So, that's... like, you know, like that's – Oladipo's not that guy anymore. Like, so he's just kind of a throw into the trade just to make the numbers work. Um, I, I, Struess is cool. I like Struess. I think he would be a nice addition. Um, but again, I, I don't know if, if Miami would do that. PHX in the chat saying the Suns could get a better deal if they had a first round pick and Jay Crowder, uh, than, than Struess. And I just, I don't, I don't see that. To your point, it's a 25 to 30, uh, pick in the first round if, if things go, the way they're supposed to. And Jay Crowder is a guy that's been sitting 
We're not sitting on his ass. Making black and white videos for three <laughs> months now. Like, uh, that, that, workout videos is about all he's been doing. I've, so. I've watched Sun's Twitter and, and, <laughs> and all other social mm. and the ridiculous trades that people think right. that other teams will take. It, it gives me Laker vibes. Laker fans act like that. Matter of fact, I think we have a, an actual graphic <laughs> of such because I saw this and I was like, oh, this is exactly what it is. <laughs> this is exactly what it is. You are not getting Shea Gilgis Alexander for Jay Crowder straight up. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. It never would happen. Like, so, it just, like some of these trades, I'm like, bro, you're going to give up Dario Saric and a second rounder for, you know, freaking uh, Murray from the, the, the Kings. I'm like, no, that's yeah. no, it, it'll never happen. Like, do you think other teams are just dumb? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah take it. It's good. It's good. I act to your point. I'm not sure the Heat would even say yes to that. And I think that's about the best you're going to get out of a Jay Crowder and a pick trade is is a Max Struess and a often injured Victor Oladipo. I think that's I think the ceiling that you're going to get with that kind of bait. I think it depends on the team because that's the one thing that people, when they conjure up these trades, they forget. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like they forget to bear in mind the other team strategy, where they're at as a team, what their rotations look Mm -hmm. like, what the money looks like. There's a lot of factors that go into finding a trade, which is why this might be the last trade machine Tuesday for a while, because there's only so many fucking trades we can come up with. We we had a couple of of weeks. Yeah, no, like, we, we've pretty much run through a lot of these options already. I, I will say this, I, and I think this is where the Suns are going to end up being at unless unless something that I, I, I'm just not seeing right now happens. I think they're going to have to wait until they get to a situation near the trade deadline that a, a said player from said city, not Brooklyn, <laughs> said player from said city is upset not happy with this situation, doesn't want to be there, mm-hmm. has been kind of a malcontent. He needs a change of scenery, or maybe he's just struggled this season. He needs a change. He needs a vibe change or whatever. Then at that point, I could see a Jay Crowder being traded for somebody of higher value or equal value, right? But until that happens, I just don't see a scenario where unless you're throwing in multiple other pieces that you can trade Jay Crowder and get something of high value back for. I just don't see it. You're going to have to give up first round picks. You're going to have to give up Dario Saric and Landry Shamit possibly in addition to Jay Crowder. It's just not going to happen. Right. So we just need to be more realistic with the, like before you say yes or no to a trade, ask yourself if the roles are reversed, would you do that? And if the answer is not the same, then obviously they're not going to probably do it either, right? Like, we we can't be unrealistic with our expectations that teams will just give us things because we did have a really hard time for a long time, but now we're not in that spot. (laughs) There is one name, and J.C. Serenus has kind of brought this up, that um, I think you might be able to parlay down the road. I don't think it'll be right now because the Lakers are still – they. They're in la-la land about their contention mm. possibility. I'm not saying I want Anthony Davis, but I'm saying, like, I think he could definitely be on the trade block because of his injury history. And if somebody's willing to take a flyer on him, um, then I could see something like that happening. But, again, you're talking about circumstances that are kind of unusual. This player has crazy, crazy unavailability attached to his name. Like, do you want to take that on? Do you think you're the franchise to be able to heal him? Like, 
there's just a lot of stuff at, at play. And until you figure out a lot of those things, it just ain't going to happen. And Anthony Davis has been great this year. He's been the defensive player of the year front runner in my mind. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of risk with that. And you're also hoping that the Lakers would settle for a pick heavy package and wouldn't mm-hmm. would be okay with not getting a cam or a McHale back. You would include cam in that type of deal if you had to. But like, I personally don't know if I would include McHale for AD given the injury factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also the fact that you're handing a rival, a, a very quality player and you may be left holding the bag with a guy that that is on the downslide of of what he's able to do because of of injury. And, and another thing to the chat saying, oh, you wouldn't give up a, a first for Struz. Not all first round picks are created equal, right? right? Mm-hmm. And you're not but, getting him if you don't. Yeah, like uh, that. <laughs> I think I think it's hard for us to forget because we've had so many top first round picks recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, top ten pick, baby. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're used to that type of a first-round pick yeah. being what we would be giving up. But that's not what we're going to get anymore. No, you're you're not in, in the lottery anymore. You're not giving up that scratch ticket that could hit big. You're giving up tail end of the draft in 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 this scenario. I mean, right. Unless everything went horribly wrong, and even then, you could throw a protection on it. Right. And and it's also worth noting that not only are picks less valuable if they're coming from the Suns, they're less valuable to the Suns, given what we know about how much work they put into the draft. So, like, you know what? Rather than spending it on the next Jalen Smith at the end of the first round and passing up a Tyrese Halliburton again, maybe we should turn that into a trade for someone that can help us win a title now. Just saying. AD is not better than any Suns player in history. Stop. Yeah, you stop the cap, Eddie. That's ridiculous. Stop. That's ridiculous. <laughs> All no. right. So we have one additional trade for Max uh, Struss. So if that one didn't tickle your fancy, we've got uh, Suns receiving Duncan Robinson and Max Struess. I keep saying Struss. Struss. I know. No, it's so Struess. bad. It's Struess. My bad. This doesn't, this doesn't, um, this doesn't and then the Heat received Jay Crowder and Dario Saric. If, if that first this, one didn't take me a fantasy, this one's punching you in the gut. Yeah. Right? That's his well, name. Struss we want out. Shay. <laughs> we want Shay. This is the type Shay. of stuff we're dealing with. We want with. Shay. Okay, fine. Give us Shay. Listen. <laughs> we're going to no? talk about Shay Gilgis Alexander because Everyone in the space of the Suns seems to love this guy and want to have him on the Suns team. Mm -hmm. He is constantly being talked about as quote-unquote unhappy or quote-unquote potentially available. But we need to preface this conversation with some disclaimers, okay? You have to be realistic when it comes to SGA. A lot of the conversation around SGA wanting out of OKC or not being happy. It's all rumors. So no Landry Shamet for SGA? No, absolutely not. No, (laughs) that would never happen. But we also have to remember these same type of rumors, maybe not as uh, often as we see with SGA, were similar to what we saw with Book years in in the years past. So there is no necessarily, like none of this is legitimate SGA yeah, is actually available. But ever since SGA's been with the OKC Thunder, every single year they basically are trying to tank. So you can only take so much tanking before you finally hit the lottery and you hit the jackpot and you get the one guy that you actually do want. Uh, and, and I mean, what we're going on year four now, five now for for Shea. Like that's a lot. That's a lot to deal with without being close to contended. Uh, into in contention except for his first year with Chris Paul I think um I, I just I can see why that would be that would be exhausting it's a little bit different 
because the Suns came in thinking that they could manufacture like wins and they just didn't realize that their own people that were choosing those bodies were terrible. Can can I just uh say this? Mm. Chelsea is one hell of a buzzkill. <laughs> I mean, it's important though. I'm like sorry. We bitched we bitched for years so about sorry. everybody else on the outside being like, "Oh, they they keep t- saying Devin Booker's available we're or like he wants out potential. and all this shit." And we're, yada, everybody's yada, doing yada. the same shit with SGA. Okay, so like Did we ever and, and maybe we did because it was such a long slog and I've tried to blank it out of my memory. Mm. But the, the athletic article, which a lot of this spawned from over the weekend, said a league executive said he had heard SGA isn't happy with the situation and may ask. Adam. He said we keep hearing, which is yeah. more speculative. That's more yeah, general. And you could also like, have said the same thing about Devin. I'm sure he wasn't happy with the situation either. But, but was he going to ask but you, out? But you know what, though? Guess what? It's not happening to us, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I want Shay. Hypocrite, I want Shay. I want Shay. He's unhappy in OKC, clearly. He needs to come here. We can't live in fantasy land. Let's just go ahead and do that Damn right it. now. We're going to move over to fantasy uh, land, but I just wanted to put some disclaimers out there just yeah, in case. Yeah. Just yeah, in case. Yeah. Give it to me Sorry. Give it a little bit of fantasy and reality. There's a world where he's a son. Uh, and Mikhail isn't. So there's a world where that. he and Luca are sons. And don't tease me with oh, a bad time. Damn it. Anyway, wow. <laughs> the point is, I think this is never going to happen. He's playing like an MVP candidate right now. He's putting up 32, six and four. The Thunder would be crazy to trade him unless he booked his own plane ticket out of there and stopped showing up to games. But if there was a situation where that happened and he forced his way out, and the Thunder said, "Okay, we're okay with tanking. We can't help you win." This is what one of the first trades would look like. The Suns get SGA, the Thunder get Crowder, Sharich, Cam Johnson, and four first-round picks, which is the most that you can offer. All of them. You might even need to throw in some pick swaps on top of that because guess what? The player package that you're sending to OKC is not great, especially with Cam Johnson's value being a lot lower coming off the meniscus tail. Yes. But you just whispered sweet nothing into Sam Presti's ear. You said, we've got what you want. Draft picks. we got all the draft picks, baby. Like, this guy, all in on draft picks. Like, Mm -hmm. this guy, that's his kink. I've said it before. Sam Presti loves him some draft picks. And you're whispering sweet nothings to him when you say, I got four of them for you. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know that this actually gets it done, it even though I, I know so that that's a huge <laughs> I mean, I'd love it for right. portion of it, it for Presty, but I don't think this gets it done. I really Would you don't. trade no. Mikhail for him? You're going to have to. Well, let's find out because the hey! next trade is what they would have hey! to include here. Let's go. Uh, looking at this, the Suns get SGA and Kenrich Williams in exchange for Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, and three first-round picks. You could probably throw a fourth one in there if the Suns are going to get Kenrich back because he's actually a pretty useful rotation player. I still don't think OKC does it as much as Saul. Yeah! Saul is dancing in circles over here, but I don't know if that gets it done either. So. Oh, I'd do that in a second. You would trade Mikhail in a second for SGA? <laughs> Oh, Honestly, <laughs> Sam is like, ooh, I love Mikhail. Now, now you're getting closer. <laughs> the fact that people are saying that SGA is better than Book, if if you genuinely believe there is even a fraction of truth to that, then you got to trade Mikhail for him. I don't know if he is yet, but so far this season, yeah, I would say that he's been on a worse team, obviously, but that's because of who's around him. I think SGA is a real talent, and if you had 
Booker and SGA on the same team, it doesn't matter who number one is because it'd be 1A and 1B in terms of good luck stopping that backport for the next five to ten years. You know what gets this done? It's that you add the fourth pick, and then you add what Sam Presti really loves. What's that? A tall white guy. Put put Jock in there, <laughs> oh, and, and oh, Sam Presti man. cannot oh. avoid wanting that. Why would wow. you throw Jock in there? Because Presti loves... Loves a sure. guy that's well, seven listen, foot and no, white. Listen, listen, that's listen. No, 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 no. draft no. record right now. Fuck no. We are not trading Jock. <laughs> I don't care. If it was Jock nope. with C, uh, SGA straight up, I wouldn't even do that. Um. We're keeping Jock. Jock, <laughs> you're my boy. We're not leaving. I'm just so, saying. That's this what is, Presti likes. This is the, the literal reason why there was a disclaimer. Because you put this type of trade out, which is a much more realistic trade that you would have to present to get a deal like this done and half of the chat says no half everybody wants sga but then they say no when it actually comes to a realistic trade because you know mikhail has been doing so much in the clutch (laughs) i mean damn that's why you don't have to go that hey hey, if i got to i got to you know i i want a championship and none of you are safe is what it (laughs) what it comes down to yeah i don't Uh, know like i would I would careful. Don't say it. I careful. would package Da and Mikhail in a deal for SGA. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Think about that backcourt. Uh, think about you could then resign Cam Johnson if he could stay healthy. Like you really need somebody to play defense then. The defense, defense would be. Defense. Who cares? <laughs> the defense would be seven seconds or less. Defense is what it becomes. Hey, you're not the only one. Rick James says shit. I'd trade McKay and Da for him. So you're not alone. Why? You're not no. alone. No, I don't know about mid-season. You would need to have okay. a better plan at center than what you've currently got. Hey, hey now you're slandering Jock and Bismarck. I'm not. You I was started just saying, it. No, I just said that Presti would be intrigued by that. I'm just Jock's saying name. Jock. you need a starting caliber center. You can't do that type of move mid-season. Okay. I would give up DA in that as well by itself. And then bring over LeBron. And you're done. Well, that's <laughs> you next offseason. Giannis signs for the mid-level. We're in business. We don't rebuild. We reload. We have Let's become go. the Lakers fans. What is happening? <laughs> we, we do really have are. a super chat. I'm thirsty for a championship, Jerry. <laughs> we know. We know. Slide into my DM, Sam. I'll, I'll get this deal done. We have a super chat from HM. Thank you for your super chat. They said SGA will do what Booker did, loyal to the soil. That's the thing. Publicly, he has said all the same things that Booker said about liking his team, liking the city he's in, wanting to win there. I know that guys say things and sometimes they go back on what they say publicly, but we're doing the same thing to SGA that we complain about everyone doing to Devin Booker. Let me make Uh, this very clear. To be fair, I never really complained about the people saying shit about Devin Booker. Let me be When Draymond Green said we got to get Devin Booker out of Phoenix, I feel like I feel like we were all pretty. Well, that was that because point, it was Draymond that. Green. At that ah. point, they should have. At that point, it was that bad that people were thinking you need to send a rescue mission to it's save true. Book. It I mean, true. it wasn't that asinine when it came out of Draymond Green's mouth. What is asinine is SGA saying, "I love the city of Oklahoma City." <laughs> yeah, right? he's a liar for that yeah, one. For that's sure. total that shit. one. I will no NBA you, players yeah. like. I Girl. really hope I can be stranded in Oklahoma City for my entire career. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Man. Uh, nobody wants that. Poor OKC. Oklahoma City is. I, I take that back. Today. Darren Collison is the only person that would say, "I'd like to be stranded by entire." People Oklahoma that live in Cornish Junction think that Oklahoma City is like a third world country. <laughs> I have no no words for that. 
So you, you think that? Yes. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought this was funny. Somebody in the chat, I can't find it. It was a long time ago, but somebody said, guys, don't worry about the trade deadline. Like we're not making a big blockbuster move. James Jones is going to trade for sticks and we're going to be fine. Oh my God. You know what though? I did look this up last night. It was funny. He is averaging the same number of rebounds as one DeAndre Ayton. Oh no. There are so many many things I'm not going to say about any of that. I'm really, really trying hard. Just cannot. Do you need an OG song? I would, would love it, OGs. Actually, I'm going to wait because we have our friends giving tonight. Got about another hour, then I'm going to pop one of those bad boys in so I can have a really good time. But there an OGs go. would, uh, it's, it'll take you one of two ways. It can either relax you and help you come back down to reality, or if you really lean into it, you could go off even further into fantasy land and you could talk about how we could get Landry Shamit sent to OKC and get Shea back. You could be one screaming for one. about We could make it work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said what we, it was. I said we skip stuffing this Thanksgiving and stuff the bird with some OGs. Everybody's doing better. May not taste great. I don't know, but everybody's feeling a hell of a lot better. It would make dealing with the chaos sometimes that comes with big holidays a lot easier. That's for sure. Yeah. Especially if you're the one doing the cooking. Um, but if you guys haven't tried OGs yet, we highly recommend them. They're a lot of fun. They're also super helpful. They've got um, their new sleepy time gummy, which is great for helping you fall and stay asleep. If you haven't checked them out, you can find them online at ogsbrands.com. And as always, you can find them at your local dispensary. But just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older to enjoy. Also, Espo, did, did you sit on the queue for 100 hours today trying to get Taylor Swift tickets? I thought we were going. I did for direction. my fiance. You did? You tried? Did you get a we did. Oh, okay. You How much son you of a bitch. I didn't pay shit. This is, this is her <laughs> this thing. Is her thing. <laughs> go with her. I'll I'll go. The I think they wound up being with fees and everything, probably like 430 bucks. Didn't you say we saw some on game time for almost the same price? Well, they nope. went down. Yeah, they did go down. They yeah. did go down. I, if you don't want to go, I'll go. I, I, I'm not going. It's for her. It's, it's not Swifty, <laughs> but I did buy tickets today. What'd you get? Um, I'm going to go to the U of A game on Saturday. Okay. Um, and I got... Eighth row seats in the north end zone, uh, eight of them for ninety bucks a piece wow. or all the all, all together. All in for ninety dollars for eight tickets. Shit, you not. Shit, you not. That's crazy. Wow. Shit, you not. Yep. That's a good deal. It's a fantastic deal. Wow. It's either Shout a great out to deal our or... friends over at Game Time for that <laughs> special Appar- hookup. Apparently, the game's on the road, and Saul's watching it on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's incredible. That, that is. A- I'm, I hope I can get some Taylor tickets. I mm. I did not have think, any luck. So. I think the game time app will come through for you. If you guys missed out on Taylor Swift tickets or you just are looking for something fun to do, maybe last minute, check out the game time app. Because right now on the game time app, you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description of this show. Um, it's right there. It's easy. All you got to do is click it and then buy your tickets. I did it the other day. Um, yeah. I bought tickets for yeah. my niece to go to the Suns game last minute. I think they were like thirty two dollars, thirty five dollars, yeah. something great. like that. So you're gonna find that ticket tomorrow deal. though, because <laughs> hmm? tomorrow for right now. Oh um, yeah, tomorrow Warriors tickets. Yeah. What are those? Right now, the cheapest you can find for Warriors tickets is one hundred and eleven. Damn. That's but for the Warriors. Yeah. I don't think that's terrible. That's not terrible. I don't know. But 
Anyway, check out the Game Time app. Like I said, links in the description. Make sure you buy them through that. We're going to round out today's show with a little producer surprise. Emma, what you got planned for us? We got to see that again. We got to see that again. We got to see that again. One more time. Let's go. Bye, Shane. Shane gone. It's now producer. That was a great producer surprise. That was perfect. Sorry, buddy. Okay, so for today's producer surprise, we're getting a little deep. Okay. You guys ready? Yes. We stole this from the good folks at 98.7, the Bickley and Murata show. They said this today, and I was like, this is a good one. Oh, we're playing mustache on a mustache? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, do you guys think that you guys have peaked in your life yet? If so, when? Yes. Wow. When okay. Was so I know the exact date. Wow. So have you peaked in life? And if you have, when was the moment you feel like you peaked? There's no I, hesitation. I know the day. <laughs> <laughs> November 30th, oh my 1983. It oh was the day I was God. bored, and that was what I peaked. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> not like, not, not not like lived physically peaked, Espo. No, like, no, no. Peaked wow, in life. Wow, this I, did not need to go there. I, not, I was a C-section birth, so oh, I didn't count anyway. Uh, but uh, look, I'm, I'm just saying, right? <laughs> I, I've never lived up to an expectation since that moment. So wow, I peaked there. So. That was the most depressing, like nihilistic <laughs> ass response <Yeah. laughs> you could come up with. Um, no, I don't think I've peaked. I hope I haven't peaked. The plan is to continue to peak with you people, but no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, but if I can't, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, I hope I haven't peaked, but I will say that like, if I if I did peak, then it definitely was. And I'm not trying to like kiss anybody's ass, especially not my wife. She knows that. Mm. But like my fucking wedding was bomb as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like it was the best event I've ever been to. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Like mm. it was awesome. Is that Disney World? We had a blast. We had fireworks from a wedding. Like it was awesome. Yeah. It was just pure awesomeness. Hello says I've peaked because I'm not winning any more Emmys with this show. So <laughs> apparently I peaked. <laughs> oh man. Honestly though. I think there's a, a world where you could say, yes, I've peaked. But then I think there's also another world where you could say absolutely not, because here's why. I finally, it ta has taken me my entire life to find a hobby that I actually enjoy. How many people can honestly say they have a hobby that is strictly just to bring you joy? Mm -hmm. That you're actually creating something, making something with your hands that is just to bring you joy. I don't know many people who have a hobby like that. And I finally found a hobby like that. And I feel like this is like, the new, the second, second act. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a peak. I don't know, but I, I would I'm say, excited about it. I would say professionally, I have peaked by being here. Mm -hmm. I would say that, like, because I've never been anywhere where I can do the shit that I'm doing now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> That's for sure. True. Yeah. Like, I used to be able to yell at people in the military, which was fun as hell. Mm -hmm. I loved it. But um, this is a different kind of mentoring and, and, and you know, kind of leading, if you will. And, um, and I get to work with awesome people like... Like I, I remember watching Lindsay on those same Fox Sports Arizona freaking post games and, you know, doing her sideline reporting and stuff like that. And I said from the beginning, like at some point we were going to start to see the real Lindsay and every day we get closer and closer and closer to it. <laughs> you guys call her Chelsea. I don't know if that's a good see, thing. It's a phenomenal though. thing. I think that's, because that's off camera, Lindsay is the best no, Lindsay. That has been the downfall. <laughs> let, me, let me ask this, Lindsay. What's more important, having fun or some stupid gold trophy with oh, wings? Absolutely on it? having fun. Yeah. This is way yeah. better. Are you That's kidding me? Exactly. So who needs two Emmys when you got when you got a life of joy like you have on this program? Exactly. 
Oh man! Wait, why is everybody? No, don't, about don't, don't, just don't okay, read the comments. We got some oversharing don't read in the, the chat. Oh my fine. god, I don't um, even know. Some, Shame on you, Andy. Some mild Shame on you. oversharing. Emma, have you I peaked in life? I think. Happening. I mean, you're 12, so I don't think. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a Oh my gosh, you caught a stray from Gerald. That's like <laughs> that's like hitting the lotto. That never happens. I have no words, honestly. Oh my like, gosh. Do remember, do, Gerald, do you remember those graphics I made for you of you like on a flat? Yeah. And how you had no words after mm -hmm. about Monty and what he had to say? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. Okay. okay. Fair um <laughs> peaked. No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm 21. Yeah, I don't think you can really even consider uh, like, the fact no. that you've peaked at 21. Like, I, I think that in life there's moments where you have, like, where you peak in moments sort mm -hmm. of thing, like chapters of your life. But, like, once you close that chapter and you move on, mm -hmm. it's just, like, more and more to go after. Yeah. So. Emma's a... Damn. It's not. She, uh, she's, Emma's, she's she's taking a philosophy Emma's class. Emma's right now. an eighty-nine-year-old man trapped in a twelve-year-old girl's body. <laughs> Emma is the old soul of the group. I, uh, yeah. I didn't know but, that. By so the way, well. somebody one of the girthlings said, "Why do you need two Emmys when you got Espo?" And I agree with that. I mean, <laughs> I don't need two. I don't Emmys. know who said me. that in the chat. <laughs> it was. It actually was in there. I just forgot who said it. I missed it. Uh, do we have any other ones? Um, do you think that an Uncrustable Oh my god, this fucking argument again. Damn it, Emma. Let's go there. No. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so here's the deal. We're not going to go too far into this because I don't need to be worked up on before Thanksgiving dinner tonight with mm -hmm. all of you guys, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't need to be angry at Emma going into this Thanksgiving dinner where we're supposed to be thankful for Richie one another. She brings a tray full of stupid-ass Uncrustables and <laughs> says that they're fucking ravioli filled with jelly and peanut butter. Emma found yeah. this graphic. We put it on our Twitter account, phnx underscore sons, a few games ago when it was just a, a nightmare of a game. Mm -hmm. But essentially, it's five food items, six items, and every single food is lumped into one of these categories. So it's like, what is it? Like a square? If it's closed on all four sides, it's a it's, it's a, a calzone. Yeah. If it's flat, it's a pizza. It's toast. Basically. Or it's toast. Yeah. 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 So it's it's the cube rule of food. And so for a cube, there's six sides, obviously. So mm -hmm. if one side of the cube, I guess it, it's going, it's... Somebody, whoever made this, first of all, That's whoever made saying. this yes. was super high. Yeah. Super high. Yeah. yeah. What do you think we're going to debate tonight? <laughs> that that graphic made me so angry. It did. As, it as made an me Italian, really upset, it too. Because so then it, didn't it say that basically a hot dog was a taco? Yes. Hot dog is a taco yeah. because it's the the bread is three yeah, sides. No. Hold on. Hard it's three sides more, with an open face. Hold on. It's more a taco than it is a sandwich. I That's refuse to accept false. that bullshit. That's that false. is absolutely false. It is far more a sandwich than it is a taco. No. Yes. yes. No. 100%. <laughs> the, the cube rule of food is identifying like where the starch is located, and that's how it's identifying it. Yes, it breaks it down into six very niche categories, but if you do think <laughs> about it... She's going deep it. again, guys. God bless. They're very niche categories. I will definitely agree with you guys, but... If you think about it, it's not necessarily no. wrong. <laughs> no. It is wrong. It is no. wrong. It's wrong. But you know what? This could be a really great. Um, you don't even have to. You know what? You don't even have to go on walks anymore with your cousins at Thanksgiving. All thanks to OGs. You could just like go around and 
have an OG and then you can have conversations like this at Thanksgiving dinner with your cousins. If you're on OG. With your cousins. What does that have to do with this? I'm saying this is a perfect conversation to have with your cousins on Thanksgiving night. After a nice walk. If you're tired of arguing about politics yeah. at the Thanksgiving table, argue about oh what's fucking God. ravioli. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> because Uncle, it's not an Stop being racist. Let's talk about raviolis with peanut butter and jelly in it. I knew it. I knew that's the kind of discussions you guys were having <laughs> when I'm not around. See, <laughs> Don't you look me in the <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky what? Bobby. I love it. <laughs> By the All way, right, somebody, so- somebody in the chat said, Nobody older than five eats uncrustables. That's false. That's total bullshit. That NBA false. players eat yeah, uncrustables. Yeah, that is true. After games. They're disgusting as hell. No, yes, they are I, bomb, bomb. They're really not. And if you freeze really them and eat them while they're frozen still, it's 100 million Ooh, times better. Yep. So good. Okay, with that, we're going to say goodbye because things are getting a little too out of control. <laughs> we Chelsea's talked a about lot. to emerge. <laughs> we talked a lot about Thanksgiving, but also just really quick, a reminder that Christmas is just around the corner. It's going to be here before you know it. We're going to have a Black Friday sale at phnxlocker.com, and it's a great way to cross off so many people off of your Christmas shopping list. What? Why are you guys pointing I'm at just me? You know what's happening so. this week, right? Big announcement. Oh, we're going to tease it tomorrow. Look at our social. You're going to save a lot of money. Lots of money. Hey. You're going to save lots of money. I, I, I wish I could do a Trump It's going to be huge. Oh, no. It's oh going to be phenomenal. I'm worried about this. You're, you're going you're to get big savings. <laughs> okay. We love you guys. Thank you for coming through for us. As always, tomorrow we will be back with a pregame show 30 minutes before tip-off. And, of course, a post-game show once it wraps up. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow us at Espo. Espo, take us home. Gerald, the math <laughs> was spectacular today, and you look like a loser. Ahoy, hoy! Megas in control, and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, I've always wrecked the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the job, my team move like the mob. Turn the beat on, I throw it down like...